Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. And I'm Chris Heine. And this week, we're going to talk about what the difference is between a freelance lifestyle and a nine to five. Uh, before we get there, there are um, obviously plenty of plenty of differences between those two things, but there are also plenty of things coming up at Light Gray Art Lab that we're, we're going to tell you real quick. So um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, um, you should check out the pre-sale for Cosmos. Uh, as we get closer to this amazing opening happening on October 30th, you guys will be able to see previews of all of the great pieces of artwork. There are 100 artists in all um, that have done an amazing job representing the Cosmos uh, from planetary bodies to other astral other astral bodies to um, all of the 88 modern constellations. And so as we get closer, we're going to be putting together the coolest exhibition for you guys. We've got some fiber optic installations happening. Um, all the artists have done a great job. And if you would like to support the project, um, the presale is up a little bit early so that uh, you guys can take a look at that. Um, so on the blog, Jenny, what do we have happening. So every day we have a new artist feature that you guys can take a look at. Um, So with the project, so it's not only the big exhibition, but the Cosmos project itself, which is a 100 card deck with 78 tarot cards and 22 oracle cards uh, that you can use for reading and daily inspirations and things like that. Um, It also comes with a 150 page guidebook that sort of guides you through the night sky, how to interpret and read each of the constellations and not only their meanings, but the history and myths and metaphors that go behind these wonderful images. Um, So that'll be along on the blog. You'll start to see sort of the sneak peeks and some of the content that goes along with the project. So each day you can sort of read whatever happens to be the preview of the day and get a glimpse at some of the great artwork that's behind the project. So we're very excited to present it. Uh, We also have a couple artist interviews coming up so you can get um, to know some of the artists that are behind the project a little bit more. Yep, and it's really great. Every single one of the people involved, um, uh, again, on the blog, you can see a tiny bit about their bios, where they're from, what they do, and we're really happy to be able to put this project together. So it'll be the biggest show um, of the year, and Mm -hmm. if you are in Minneapolis, you should definitely stop by on October 30th between 7 and 10 p.m. to see the light show, to see the artwork. Um, to maybe get an oracle reading from us here. Um, And plenty of other fun stuff is going to be happening. In the meantime, we have some classes and workshops and some game nights coming up too that I believe will be on our really nice-looking, being revised at the moment, really amazing website. Well, the events page is live. So if you want to look at the events calendar, everything is there. And... Right now, there is a lot of game nights on here and uh, the Cosmos opening reception. We are also, just in case you guys like tarot or have done it in the past or interested in learning how, we're going to have a couple workshops coming up in the next month or two where you can stop in and learn about different, um, both Oracle decks, tarot decks, um, and also about all the constellations. You can sort of dive right into the meanings and learn how to read. I'm really excited about that. I've been waiting for, I don't even know, six or seven months for this to happen. As you guys know, I'm into all the mystical stuff, and I think that this would be really fun to sit down with you guys and show you how to put this stuff together and read for other people. So, also... Um, we have a call for art up right now. We do. I It's taken me one billion years to put that <laughs> up there, but it's really fun. It's called Bowerbird. Um, I am looking to uh, 
see all of your interesting collections, everything that you've ever put together, whether it was on purpose or based on your habits, things that you do during the day, stuff you've accumulated over the years or even, you know, over a short period of time. Um, the whole entire uh, exhibition is really about celebrating the s- stuff we have more than four of. So we're looking for people to do illustrations, designs. We'd love diagrams, sci- like scientific illustrations. It doesn't really matter what your medium choice is as long as you show us what you've got. So um, again, information about how to participate that uh, in that is on our new blog, which is uh, on our website. So lightgrayartlab.com slash blog. And you can see it's called Bowerbird. It is um, black and white image on there. And you can kind of read a little bit about it. So I believe that call for art ends September 27th. So if you know anybody that would like to participate, it's been a while since we had a um, call for art up. So this Mm -hmm. is a good one. I'm excited. So that show is happening in December. It is actually a huge postcard swap as well. So in the past, we've done a couple projects like this where everybody involved um, creates a, a limited edition. We not only show it in the gallery and have it, of course, archived online but each person involved gets one piece of the edition and we send out a full package to everybody involved um and this time it's going to make a lot of sense uh that you would get a collection of collections Mm -hmm. so that'll be really fun so all that stuff's being sent out um prior to the opening december 4th so all the information is again on our blog at lightgrayartlab.com slash blog so anything else um we mentioned game nights already but this last game night was canceled due to my illness, um, but I'm going to reschedule it for this week. So um, if, if anybody ran to the event calendar when we mentioned it and you see the next three scheduled, they're going to stay how they are, but we're just going to push this week's up to the, or last week's up to this week. So it's going to be the 17th and then right the next week on the 24th and then continuing every two weeks after that. That's cool. So it's the same theme, treat yourself. About collecting treasures, <laughs> getting luxuries, all sorts of things and that's like that. Treat yourself with a Y O, not your. Or is it? It is yourself. Oh. I did not go full. Oh, board it is on that. very treat serious. Yourself. Treat uh, yourself. Yeah. I thought maybe that was copyright Parks oh. and Rec or something. <laughs> oh, but, geez. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. So game night is Thursday the seventeenth <laughs> at six thirty p.m. So if you, cool. sh- hopefully, I contacted. You know, I put out the warning, but it was kind of late, so it will be next week don't worry chris this people week. aren't gonna hold it against you they know that sickness happens sometimes yeah well we'll see it's okay okay <laughs> okay well um i'm so tired you guys i'm tired my face hurts i felt like the whole entire walk to our coffee like i i joke about this and i probably said this five times on the podcast but there are some days when i'm walking forward and i feel like my face is rubbing against the concrete the whole way there and i just, feel like just dragging yourself just dragging it just I sloughing it off. I feel like, you know, in I think this happens in a bunch of movies, but like Men in Black or something when there's an alien inside someone's body and their face muscles are moving. Oh, yeah, that's what happens all day. I feel like all (laughs) my nervous twitches are. (laughs) Yeah, my inside my face is moving around before my coffee hits in and then. The exterior, you just see lumps and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I have a little tiny one in my eyelid, that one that hasn't gone away for a long time. Oh, it's so sad. I, we, okay, so we were sitting there last night. Um, you know, I, I'm babysitting the, uh, the production files for the Cosmos project. And, you know, I don't, I, often don't talk a lot about like the behind the scenes details of like how long does it take to print something and you know how does that work and and what's happening but 
Um, the interesting thing about babysitting a project that you care a lot about is that you often are working at it in, in the weirdest times. You know, I've got to do it in you know my nighttime when I'm normally sleeping um, because during the daytime I'm either here, um, but most of the time I'm working on my design work for um, my my day job in quotes, right? So uh, I was sitting there last night. Uh, oh no, it was this morning. Thank God. Okay. I was going to say last night, um, I was flipping through my phone at like three 30 in the morning and I got up, uh, because some cats were fighting and I had just gone to bed because I just sent these files over and I couldn't sleep. So I got up and I went downstairs and ate a bunch of creamed cauliflower and then came back to bed. There's nothing <laughs> bad in there, though. I made that. It was like mashed cauliflower. It was delicious. It was cauliflower and onions. I was and like, it, so. I'm hungry. And then I went and I ate that. And then I went back to bed and flipped through my phone for a long time. Could have been worse. It could, yeah, no, it was great. So, and then I went to bed and I woke up. And the first thing I did was prop myself up on my elbows this morning and flip through all my weird social media. Usually I start with Instagram because it's pictures. And then I start reading <laughs> because yeah. it takes a while to function. And this morning I read an article It's a little tiny excerpt on NPR um, blog that was talking about an Atlantic article by um, somebody called Carl Cedarstrom, and I hope I said his name right. And it said, is the 9 to 5 work week, is is there a new case to going back to the 9 to 5 work week? And I had just spent all night working, and I thought to myself, how nice <laughs> that would be to be working from nine to five. And then I woke up a little bit and I went, wait a second. No, I don't want to do that because I've already done that. But I was thinking about it and I couldn't, you know, sitting here right now trying to drink my coffee, trying to wake up. I can see why there would be a case for going back to that. So wait, like, I'm, I'm confused. Is there not? Why? Who doesn't have here, the nine to five? I will give you, or I will give you part of the article. Have we drifted away from that as a society or something? Yes. So back in the day before the luxurious fifties and sixties, um, most people had a nine to five and everything shut down, you know? Um, so when you're at work, you put up your sign and you said, all right, I'm going home to spend time with my family or do whatever. I'm going to mm-hmm. drive my boat around or whatever people had in the fifties. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then somewhere around the beatnik era, people started saying, I want to do whatever I want. I I either don't want to work or I want to work all day. And so there was a big, huge shift in what people wanted to do with their time. And they said, I don't want to conform to what you want me to do. I don't want to be there from nine to five. So why can't I make up my own schedule? And so, of course, you know, there are a lot of people, uh, including one of the characters in, uh, Jack Kerouac's book uh, that were like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to subscribe to this. This is not my thing. This is an inauthentic life. Like, you know, has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And then um, since then, plenty of people have chosen to create their own hours. Of course, like different places make their own hours. You, some people have to do things in the middle of the night because of what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think you've, I liken it to a freelance lifestyle because you really truly can do it whenever for the most part as long as you're available when people need to call you mm-hmm. and as long as you get it done. But I was thinking there now there are so few boundaries between when you start working and you stop working because if I wanted to, 
I could take a two hour break in the middle of the day, but then my work would push into the evening and then there's no like big block of time ever to do anything leisurely because my day's all chopped up in a bunch of weird spots and I'm sending files at three in the morning, you know? So I was thinking about that and I was like, I could see why somebody would want a nine to five block and to go home and just leave everything at the, at the office. But I also know that my creative cycle doesn't work like that. And I think I can't function for the first and your sleep cycle doesn't work like <laughs> my, my sleep cycle. See, and that's, a, that's one of those chicken and egg situations where I can't tell whether or not my sleep cycle would be normal if I stopped working in the middle of the night, you know, but I was thinking about that. And I'm like, I work best somewhere between five and 9 PM always mm-hmm. like I'm awake and alert and I'm doing something and I'm excited. And for whatever reason, like it's a fine time to sit down, but during the day I want to be outside, which I never can be. So I just pine for like the, the air, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But anyway, the point is I wanted to bring it up because I know lots of p- people choose. Um, if they're able to choose, they choose one or the other based on what their ideal lifestyle would be. And it's, so, yeah, it's funny. Cause I think, um, I go back and forth between like which lifestyle is like the better one, which I don't think there's necessarily a better one. Um, Like I have never had a nine to five. All my jobs have been weird hours and random and all over the place. And I was actually flashing back to when we were in Las Vegas. I am sure not a single person there has a nine to five. Oh, probably not. The entire entertainment industry like you or restaurants or bars or whatever. And so not a single person would work nine to five. That makes sense. And what that must be like, because I know now anyone who does work nine to five, they know all their friends are off at the same time. They know their family's off at the same time. And it's such a different like way to think about managing your time. And one thing that I want to ask you guys is that maybe it's not necessarily the concept of actual 9 a.m. and actual 5 p.m., but it's the concept of having an unbroken work time and then you are done. Like you have a starting time and you're done. So even as a server or even as an entertainment person, maybe you know that at two in the morning or four in the morning, whenever you get off of your thing, mm-hmm. you still can go home and no one's going to be like, get up and perform now or like come back and serve me a pasta or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. like maybe it's just the concept of having nobody get in there and, and shuffle your time around. Because I feel like that was one of the main things about this article is that there are absolutely no boundaries these days between when you're supposed to stop. And I think culturally, um, you know, there I'm sure and I'd love to hear from anybody that is not from the United States, um, whether or not the same sort of pressure to be productive is everywhere or if it's just inherent to the way people expect you to have lots of stuff done all the time. You know, somebody sends me an email at 9 p.m. and they say, oh, can you just do this thing by 10 a.m. next morning? Sometimes I do. And sometimes I'm like, well, if I get it done now, I'll just, you know, get it done. But what do you think about that? Do you need like an uninterrupted free time chunk? I would. It would be nice. Would you prefer (laughs) then a nine to five? Um, There's sometimes where I would prefer a schedule that is much less um, crazy time. Yeah. I mean, we kind of like jump around to what is the fire at the moment, which means we jump around a lot and the fire shifts for what that moment is sometimes in a convert, like in a conversation where we're talking about what we're going to do 
we're, and we're like, like let's oh, do this blah blah in, in blah the and then by the end of the conversation we're like okay now everyone go and do the other thing that we didn't even start this conversation for so sometimes i i think that it would be nice but at the same time it's hard and boring sometimes to do that <laughs> and i mean i think that was part of the article too is people were saying you know i don't want a predictable grind I don't want to do the same thing every single day, exactly the same, forever, forever, and ever, and ever. And then there are other people. Um, for example, I had a conversation with Francesca where she said it's kind of nice to leave work and then she doesn't have to think about it. Yeah, I'm sure think it is. About it I mean, I, I've had nine to five jobs too, and I, I really like them for that reason. I mean, also at the same time, though, a lot of nine to five jobs do not remain nine to five i mean a lot of our clients technically work at nine to five jobs but they're still sending us emails at seven eight nine you know whatever um and the ones who send them at like 5 a.m and i'm just like oh my god get <laughs> get out of here you <laughs> get out of <laughs> Why here are you? They, well they woke up early probably those people probably were no like, i know i know oh. they woke up early that's oh. the problem they probably go to bed at 3 p.m then they probably don't go to bed. Okay, right. but well, I mean, we have a we have a client who's a friend of ours too, and he what's he start his day at like four thirty or something like something. that. And then, I mean, he he doesn't have a nine to five, I guess. Though he's kind of he's a, a freelance. Hustler. Yeah. So but, I mean, I don't know. I I see the benefit of it, and I think so. I'm gonna go back to this. So why do you think people would have said a nine to five is an inauthentic life? Do you think people still feel that way? Do you think people say, like, um, I don't want to be working for the man? Do people say see, that I phrase mean, I anymore? Still think I think people have a problem with, like, they don't want to feel like they're just, like, a cog in the machine or whatever. Don't want to feel like they're, they're it. I don't know. They want value in what they're doing, you know? So, so and do you think that this is, a, a like, a concept that happens because we are all in this room, the three of us were all bred in, in art school? You uh, think that's because because no, people I mean, are like I think a lot of people, people still get yeah I think people still get frustrated and if you're in a space for however many hours a day like stuck there doing whatever even if you're not inspired or you don't want to or you're sick of it or whatever but you still have to be there I think that's what people get fed up with you know that's why like whoever gets burnt out and stuff yeah I think part of that inauthentic lifestyle thing might stem from the fact that if you were like let's say you were a craftsmen in the you know ye olden days before the industrial revolution and stuff like that you probably worked a lot but also you you might not have had like hours it was more of a get what you need to get done thing and when you were done you were done so it was actually more like free st- freelance lifestyle because you could just be like well i have to make these horse saddles or whatever i'm going to do and when you're done with it you can do whatever you want you can take a big long lunch with your family you know you probably worked with your family or something like that and it was just more of a lifestyle where the work was fit in to the life instead of being like like a you know like we kind of keep coming back to people are like defined by their job title and their life is kind of supposed to conform to their job wherever their job takes place they're going to move there wherever their job the hours are they're just going to conform to those hours whatever you know is expected of them as far as even down to like what phones they have to carry what you know all that kind of stuff um it just is a lot of prescribed rearranging of your life in a certain way whereas yeah. before but at the same time i'm sure you know in the yield and times as well people worked really hard and really long especially depending on where you were at in society do you think it's a privilege to be able to not work a 9 to 5 as in to 
like to even I've, have the choice of being able to have a freelance lifestyle. I was thinking about that for a second while you're talking. And I was like, you know, obviously, you know, and I'll just I'll just say this just to you know, it's not like we're gonna have a big conversation about this, but we all know that some people have to have whatever job that they have to have, and that is a given. So you know, we all know that. But do you think that the people who can choose to not have a nine to five are people that have the flexibility to? choose that i do think it's kind of a privilege i think it's a privilege because with that way you can always just give yourself a nine to five you're like and be like i am gonna be working nine to five because i can choose whenever i work so it's gonna be nine to five whereas the other way you can't usually just be like well i'm not gonna do my work this afternoon i'm gonna do it at midnight tonight and and do you think that comes from an uh, an entrepreneurial like consideration like do you think that somebody is like i'm gonna do my own schedule and i'm my own boss and and that's where that privilege comes from is like wanting to not be on somebody else's schedule or do you think it's just basically you do what you can whenever you can fit it in and you're you're at the whim of whoever is asking you whenever they're asking you yeah i i feel like it's a grass is greener kind of thing because i definitely i i when i went from a nine to five lifestyle to a freelance lifestyle i lost so much time for personal things, for f- fun things, for... So in theory, you thought you so were going to have some freedom. Well, and I do. I mean, I am able to go to Iceland for three weeks, even though it's technically kind of working or whatever. But I mean, I have, you know, there's, it's, unless if I was like our friend Jesse Riggle, who gets like a million years of vacation every year, um, I can do things like that and I can rearrange my schedule if I absolutely have to to be able to accommodate things like that. But at the same time, I, it's amazing and how fast it happened where I, I just, for some reason have less time, even though I should have more. Yeah. So, well, I do think it's a privilege to like, not everyone has the skill sets that would go along with a freelance lifestyle, you know, like there's certain jobs that could work that way and other ones that don't and it's just like whatever type of thing you have the ability to do even like owning your own business takes like a skill set you know um so I don't think everyone has the ability to even do that if they wanted to like they could take a job that's not the nine to five hours but I don't think that they everyone has the ability to just say like I'm gonna be my own boss you know it's interesting I was thinking about this too every year um isn't it your cousin or maybe it's one of our acquaintances or something like that goes to alaska and works on like a fishing boat for like four months and then just doesn't do anything yeah for my the cousin he used to do that when he was younger and then we also know a couple of people that are accountants that basically just work during tax time like four mm-hmm. times a year mm-hmm. you know and then the big one the big tax time and then they go to france france <laughs> you know just like <laughs> take some vacations but then they work like all day every day for those times and it's really interesting to think about that because that's not even a I don't even know what that kind of schedule is that's like for me that'd be really terrifying to put all my eggs in a basket for like a couple weeks worth of like intense work and then just like hang out for however long like I would I would be like what what is happening I think I'd freak out a little bit too much and I feel like that pressure of continuously trying to make some sort of forward momentum would keep me working regardless of if I had to or not. And so that's another thing, you know, it's like, I'm sure you're right, Jenny, it's not not just the hours and it's not just like, 
you know, it depends on what you're doing. It depends on what's happening. And I think, you know, for people to say, oh, I don't want to do that. That's obviously uh, idealistic perspective because not everybody can mm-hmm. choose. Right? right. But at the same time, when you think about it, it's like, do you think it comes down to personal, like personality situation where there are some people that if they couldn't work at all, they probably just wouldn't. And then there are some people that are so guilty about not doing something that they're going to just work all the time, regardless of if they have free time. Right. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I think they do. I think there are a lot of jobs that are probably really boring and don't have a lot of like, I don't know, like nothing you can put into it. I was thinking about, I think we had a podcast about this a long time ago, but Francesca mentioned that like, do what you love mantra and like how it was sometimes um, detrimental just because it is like, if you say do what you love and somebody's doing something really boring, like pushing paper around, then I don't think that they could find like the satisfaction that they would in like having a freelance lifestyle or making art or doing something that's more fun. Like I know making art is a lot of work, but it's still like it's something that you're passionate about, you know. So I don't think that everyone has the same sort of like skill set or interest or ability to do whatever. Like you'd like to think that anyone could do anything they want to do. So you're saying like do what you love would be in what category? Like um, I think that goes hand in hand with like the freelance like idea of what freelance is. Where like I'll like, do a little bit of this. And yeah, then you're like, like I'm going to do what I love. So I'm going to do it on my time and do what I want to do and see who I want to see and whatever, and whatever the that Adam is. Family. <laughs> I'm talking about the Adam family. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? How does it go? <laughs> do what I want to do. Say what I want to say. Live how I want to live. Yeah. Something. See, that's the, the Adam family. You said that that house went up for sale, right? How come we didn't buy the it? The Adam family house? I didn't have see $2? that. Because you have $2? See, I feel like that sort of attitude goes hand in hand with like a freelance thing. I know lots of people that we talk to all the time want to do freelance, but first have to start with like something steady and work their way into a freelance I also thing. know a lot of people that uh, would love a nine to five and are are doing freelance because that's mm-hmm. what's coming through the the pipeline or whatever. Yeah. And like, I think it depends on the day. I know people who also did do freelance and sometimes for a long time and eventually they're just like I'm sick of this. I'm, you know, 9 to 5 sounds pretty Actually awesome. a lot of people I feel like do that transition. Do you think it's just cuz it takes all the stress out having like a job? Probably. That you don't have to worry about well, it's just a I'm, different stress, I guess. It is it's a different stress. I feel like there uh I feel like I'm in the minority because I had a nine to five and I, I really, I mean, I didn't love it in every single way. It was pretty, pretty darn good. But I liked it a lot. There's fun people and like, you know, fun stuff you were doing and, you know, I don't yeah, know, they didn't a- over, overwork you, you know? Yeah, well, it depends on the time of the year, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, everybody chips in during the crazy times, unless yeah. you're like a snot and you just don't want to help your teammates like you know like you should be helping out I I don't know that's my perspective I feel like everybody needs a pitch in let me just flip this table and get really mad for a second but yeah but I mean for the most part those guys were really like awesome co-workers I mean they brought you cookies like every day (laughs) it was probably a bad thing eventually it was like every single day it was like a giant I don't know. Decadent snack. Decadent snacks all day. I don't have any snacks right now except for my like watery coffee. And then the one day there wasn't a snack, you'd be like, what? You'd be like, I'm out of here. What's going on? Where? Where's the cake? Where's the You slap everybody. You say, line up in a line. And then you would run down the aisle, (laughs) smack all their faces and then then torch the place, right? (laughs) 
No? Okay. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that doesn't happen. So, um, <laughs> that was funny. So, um, <laughs> I was thinking about it, I was like, I remember being in a nine to five and for the first couple years I had a, I had a, you know, I had a job that I think I could have only been, you know, I don't know. I was very satisfied with it. It had a it had a name that people knew. That was kind of cool. It was like my first job out of school and I was making cool stuff. I was like drawing all day. I learned a ton of stuff. And maybe 2 years into it, um I think my perspective changed and I started taking everything like I was taking everything seriously, but now I started taking it seriously to where work was my regular life and the drama that happened at work would eat into my home life and I would be thinking about the deadlines and the problems and the whatevers and the personalities and stuff I didn't enjoy and it would just come around you know like just like well up on me even though I could leave at 5 p.m. and I would be sitting at home thinking about all these things because there's so many things I couldn't control because it was not up to me. And so I think about that sometimes and I'm like, yeah, I can understand like those first couple of years when I was just learning and I knew that there's nothing I can do with it uh, or do about my schedule or my, you know, the duties that I had. Um, I didn't, I didn't internalize it. But then there was a point where all of a sudden I felt entitled to be in charge of my future. And I was like, I can do more than what I'm doing here. How come nobody will give me the chance? And it was a matter of not moving, like the behemoth of the company was not moving as fast as I wanted to move. And it was very, it was a selfish feeling, you know, and like, even though I did my job and I liked what I was doing and I still enjoyed what I was doing, it was, I was like, this is not fast enough. Doing six projects a year is not fast enough. I want to do so many things in life and I want to do some of this and some of that. And I used to come home and I started a second business. Mm-hmm. And I would do that. And you have evenings. a habit of doing that. Yeah, I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> but I feel like there's not everything that you want you can have during your work. You can't. Right. No one's going to just hand you the exact same thing that you want unless for whatever reason you're your own boss and you try to do it in your off hours. Like that's the only time you're going to get that. Unless magically somebody has like a trust fund for you or something like that. Or even then, actually, no. They're going to tell you what to do with your money when you have it. <laughs> but I was thinking about that, and I was like, there's nobody that would be on my schedule the way that I wanted to do it. And uh, it was really scary thinking about moving out of that 9 to 5 like thing because I had a retirement plan, and I had insurance, and I had a place to be, and I had stuff I had to do, and I was accountable for whatever. I mean, I suppose, as you can see by where I am right now in sitting here, you know, that I didn't stay there. And I, I decided that the leap of faith was more important than my stability. Um, and I think that that is interesting to figure out, you know, how does that take over somebody's like, like, that feeling must have been strong enough to pull me out of a place that had a name to it and had like a good salary to be like, uh, you know, going to do something else. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that the way you talk about it, you were like, we were all, you know, there's, I mean, how many people, thousands of people who are all doing it 
the one way. And I mean, yeah. in the world, millions of people who yeah. are all well, kind makes... of in this thing. And then you're like, well, they're not doing it my way. Yeah. And what's the difference between you who's like, they're not doing it my way. Then I'm out of here to other people who are just like, well, but that's the way it's done. But see, the other thing is, so this I don't gonna... think everybody wants to do everything their way. I don't think everybody feels like they want to they want to make all the decisions. I feel like that's great that people can, you know, not stress about it all day mm-hmm. and that they just like want to contribute to a to a bigger picture thing. You know, not everybody right. needs to be like a crazy who does it their way, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's what I was saying earlier about, um, like having a freelance lifestyle is like a privilege. But I also think that if you graduate from school and we're like, I'm going to start my own business, it would be way different than what you're doing now because your perception of like what a business is or how to run something or what you're even interested in would have been totally different because you didn't have the experience of working in an environment like that. It probably would have been a lot different. It's it. I feel like any kind of anything that you've been through is a nice primer, anything at all, even the failures, you know, are a nice primer for like your future times, you know, because you're like, well, at least not that or at least this, you know, or at least I know what I'm doing here a little bit or something. Um, But but I think about that all the time and I'm just like, yeah, if if that feeling wasn't so overwhelming to do something on my own schedule, I probably wouldn't have like like torched the nine to five concept um but I don't know you know I mean it it's funny so when Francesca left she um she went to a really nice place that makes a bunch of really good things she gets to travel um she has a nine to five now and I I think it is nice to see both sides of it because I think you appreciate what both do you know and I think everybody sort of has their own like vision of of how it's supposed to be uh, usually in my product design class, I make a big grid and I say, well, this is my perception of how much time you have to work in each of these scenarios, how much collaboration time you have in each of these scenarios. And one column, there's a nine to five and one column, there's freelance and one column, there's, you know, studio or agency, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or licensed artist or whatever else, you know, all these different categories. And you're like, yeah, well, what do you want to, what do you care about? And what are you working towards? I mean, it's not like everybody can just pick one on the board and just be it. Right. But but you could at least be like, that's where I'm headed. Or at least now I have some perspective of that's what that lifestyle really is. What it really means. If I say I want a nine to five, it comes with all this cool stuff and all of this like whatever else I got to deal with to have my cool stuff. Same thing with freelance lifestyle or whatever else, you know, like and you were saying the um, do what you love thing like you can only do what you love if you put in your hard time for the other stuff like it's not all right 100 percent. Right. yeah you're not the coolest like thing ever drying you know? flowers infinitely <laughs> like that would be amazing with, it comes with all sorts of stuff you don't want to do too. yeah like you got to do your taxes right so there's <laughs> this like, week we have to do our taxes oh god it's ah. this week yeah, yeah so there's oh man so there's yeah there's all these things that you do because you want to be able to do the cool part but in a lot of cases, nine to five does give you the opportunity to do the garbage work and the cool work within a constrained time period. And then you don't just put off your taxes for like (laughs) however long, you know, you have to do them and it's it's packaged in the whole package for you. So, right. And sometimes I think that would be nice to not have to worry about like all of that, all the taxes and like, 
I don't know, Estimated trying taxes to find and... jobs and whatever else. I think oh, yeah. it would be easier to just like know when you need to show up and what you're doing and yeah. whatever and else. I think I think for a lot of people that is perfect because you do the thing like when you were hired to do your job you do that really well Mm -hmm. and you take pride in the things that you're doing and you know and as long as you know that there's a pile of stuff to do you just do that really well Mm -hmm. and then you try and be innovative within your your career you know Mm -hmm. so I mean I think it still applies like all innovation and like being able to achieve amazing things and whatever happens obviously in both you know it just depends on like the kind of lifestyle person might want but well it's funny because we talk to all these creative people and every single one like even if they do have a nine-to-five and they work at a studio somewhere Every single one of them have outside projects and things that they do into the night. Of anyway. course, because that's what your, your yeah. that's like your like fun times. Like right. just you know, <laughs> there's, there's no barrier between like when you stop. Like you don't stop making Anything. ideas. Like, yeah, right. Just because you're sitting somewhere, you have enough time. You're like, I've done enough today. You know, like if you're yeah. into something, you're gonna go dye a bunch of fabric black for fun which is what I was going to do this weekend, and then I got guilty and did something else. But you know, there's like some fun stuff that you you're like, of course, instead of reading this book or instead of watching this TV, I'm going to do this other random thing. Um, anyway, I feel like the whole point of this article was saying that people are moving back towards a nine to five lifestyle. And I think the security of what that is based on like what's happening um, in the world today, mm-hmm. having a thing to go to and having it not break into your rest of your life is exactly why um, nine to fives are appealing. It's appealing because you are taken care of, but it's appealing because it is something that you can commit to, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not up in the air and you're mm-hmm. not worried about it. I think everybody that graduates from college and has a bazillion dollar debt is looking for something and it would be sure nice to have a salary. Like, come on now, you know, mm-hmm. like that's amazing. And so um, maybe in the past, in the <laughs> whatever days it was a lot easier to be like I don't need this I'm gonna do whatever you mm-hmm. know but I feel like most people are really up for whatever these days that's how I feel about that yeah. I feel like people are like I'm gonna do the best wherever I am and who cares you know so I feel like that was the major point of what these guys were trying to say is like look at how their perspective has changed mm. no no I yeah I think it has changed oh yeah it was just a thought. I'm going to maybe link to this article so you guys can read it and just see, I guess, historically. It's really interesting to see, like, how perspectives have changed. Obviously, you know, there's no right answer for what's perfect um, because work is work regardless of wherever you are and if it's in the middle of the night. But it's interesting to hear your guys' thoughts on that. So, anyway, if you do want to tell us all your thoughts and if you enjoy your 9 to 5 or you enjoy your freelance or if you're up at 3 and you want to say hi to me because I'm still sending files all night, uh, where can people send their stories? Yeah. You can send them to podcast at likegrayartlab.com if you want to keep them private. If you if they're short and you want to make them public, you can always find us on Twitter. We're at likegrayartlab. Like us on Facebook. You can find out about upcoming openings, events, calls for art, everything there. You can follow us on Tumblr. We're likegrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can also subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store, stream it directly on Stitcher Radio, and I think that's it. I think that's... Oh, we have an Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. We're just we're like, like Gray Art, Art Lab. Lab. Yep. All one word. Yep. Yep. And you can probably also check out our new blog at like Gray Art Lab. 
com slash blog. Yep. And so uh, we would love to see what you are up to. So if you want to connect with us on Instagram um, or anything else or read what's happening with the Cosmos artist, please go ahead and take a peek at that stuff. Um, and that would be great. So thanks again for listening and we'll talk with you soon. What's wrong? <laughs> Lindsay <laughs> said duty. <laughs> You're such a turd, Chris. <laughs> I don't even remember what I'm saying now. Forget it. Forget my you story. You said no, you go got ahead. to a point where you felt entitled by your something. I felt entitled by my duties? <laughs> <laughs> no, 